Today for my sermon, I want to talk about the healings of Jesus. Jesus does healings a number of times in the Bible. He was known in the first century as a healer and a miracle worker. Today we turn to Mark chapter 5. I picked this particular passage because in doing so we get to look at two healings of Jesus. As happens a number of times, while Jesus is on his way to do one healing, he gets stopped to do another healing. We can imagine that this probably happened to Jesus very, fairly often, but uh, also normally when this happens in the Gospels, um, the Gospel writers are trying to point to something, trying to share something, the way the one story is sandwiched in the middle of the other. There's a New Testament term for that, a technical term, but I just prefer the term sandwich, where one story sort of goes in the middle of the other. So we are in Mark uh, chapter 5. The, the uh, bulletin says Matthew, but I decided to go with the Mark passage. Um, the same story is in Matthew, by the way. You can compare them later. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And the great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd to touch his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And the disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling And fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw the commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and went and went in where the child was, taking her by the hand. He said to her, "Talitha kumi," which means, "Little girl, I say to you, arise." And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age. 
And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this. And told them to give her something to eat. Here ends the reading of God's word. Let us think about this story today in three scenes. Three scenes. Scene one sees Jesus who has been going back and forth across the Sea of Galilee. On the way across the last time, he calmed the storm. He did a, an exorcism on the other side and now has come back. But his, his um, rumors of his power are growing. His reputation is growing. And the crowds are growing. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, comes in to see Jesus desperate because his daughter is dying. We tend to think about the religious rulers of Jesus' day as really rejecting Jesus. But we know at least of a few like Jairus who don't seem to have that way about them with Jesus. They seem to accept Jesus, at least in his desperation. He comes to Jesus, falls at his feet, and pleads with him earnestly. He humbles himself before Jesus. Something that a ruler of the synagogue should not have done to this peasant teacher. But you see, Jairus has a certain desperation to him, doesn't he? His little daughter is dying. What else can he do? Pain does this to us. Physical health concerns do this to us. Where we become desperate. Desperate for healing. Looking for answers. Maybe even not for you yourself, but many of us have felt this, at least for another. If you're a parent, you can't stand to see your, your child go through pain. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my daughter Moe got a toothache, and uh, her face got swollen, and she was very sore. And we got her on the, the infection medicine, the antibiotic that we were supposed to, but it just took a couple of days uh, before she really got the, the ease and the comfort and got back to her normal self. It's painful as a father or as a mother to see your child go through pain. It hurts you. It wears you down. It causes you to be desperate. Pain and sickness can do this to us. Put this in, us in this place of desperation. That's just where Jairus is as he falls before Jesus. And Jesus sees him, has compassion, and goes with him. Scene two breaks in on this journey. There's this crowd following Jesus, many, many people, where they're in probably tighter quarters. And a woman who's unnamed, who has been dealing with some kind of problem, where she's had this discharge of blood for many, many years, just wants to get close to Jesus, just wants to touch him. She has suffered not just from the blood, but also from the doctors. She's been so desperate, just like Jairus, that she's gone to so many doctors and tried so many different treatments. And all they have left her in is more pain and now poor because of paying all those doctors. Some of us may understand the pain that sometimes doctors can cause us. And she thinks, if I can only touch Jesus' garments, if I can only touch his, his clothes, 
She has reason to think this. In the book of Malachi, it was, it was prophesied that when Messiah came, he would have healing in his wings, is the, is the way the passage reads. But the, the word wing can also mean edge, like the edge of his garments. And so the legend grew that when Messiah came, he would be a Jew, so he would have these tassels, like I showed the children in the children's sermon, on the hem of his garment, on the edge, on his wings would be these tassels. So the legend grew that when Messiah came, he would have healing in his tassels. So much so that rabbis in Jesus' day would have very long tassels. And people would touch the tassels of the rabbis thinking maybe this rabbi could be the Messiah. And so this woman believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And that if he is the Messiah, if she could only touch, if she could only touch the hem of his garments, only touch those tassels, then she would be healed. See, she was an outcast. As someone with a disease that would make you bleed, she would be unclean. She could never come into the temple. She could never be made clean. She was an outcast. In fact, it would not be allowed for anyone to touch her or else they would become unclean. She had no hope of Jesus really talking to her. Jesus ever really touching her. Her only hope was to sneak a touch from Jesus. To steal a healing from Him. She, like Jairus, is at a point of desperation and has been for some time. But she shows us the other thing that we can find when we are in need of healing. Not just desperation, but isolation and loneliness. Sometimes we have health concerns that force us to stay away from other people because either we can't be around them or they don't want to be around us and get what we have. And so our sickness, often in our pain, we don't have the strength to really relate to other people and we build walls. We stay to ourselves in our pain. It's not just true of physical pain, is it? It's true of our emotional wounds, our wounds in our spirit, our, our challenges in our mind and in the way we think can cause us to be so desperate and so isolated from other people. Maybe you've been burned, maybe you've been wronged, maybe you're ashamed of things that you've done. Maybe it is a physical healing that you need right now. Maybe it's something that happened to you or to someone you love that hurts you. This woman feels what we all feel, what Jerry feels, that desperation and that isolation. And so she sneaks up in the crowd where she's not supposed to be so brave, even in her sneaking, to be trying such a thing. And she touches Jesus' garment and she's healed. Jesus, in a very interesting sort of move, doesn't quite know what happens. He feels this power sort of go out of him. Something just happened. Somebody just touched me and a miracle happened, but he doesn't know what's going on. We see Jesus being very human in this moment. He turns and says, who touched me? And the disciples look around thinking, everybody's touching everybody in this crowd. How can you ask who touched you? That guy touched you and I touched you and that person over there touched you. We're just all in this crowd. But Jesus doesn't just mean bumped into. He understands that something special has happened. And this woman comes forward, this unclean, unnamed woman, who would be getting in trouble probably for touching Jesus. 
for being in that crowd where she's not supposed to be, comes forward. She's afraid. She's trembling. But she's bold enough to tell Jesus what has happened. And Jesus responds to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is a problematic phrase for many of us. Your faith has made you well. This phrase had led many Christians to say some fairly stupid things to people going through faith or through pain. Like maybe what you need is just more faith and you'll get well. Now, something deeper is going on here for Jesus. He says, go in peace and be healed of your disease. Your faith has made you well. No, Jesus made her well. What is he getting at? See, we have a short definition of healing that is not near as broad as Jesus' definition. The word for heal is is, uh, salvo in the Greek. It's the word from which we get salve. Like, uh, I don't hear that word very much anymore, but you think of like ointments now is the term we often use. Like some sort of salve that you would put on to heal. That is the same word here that we get to heal. But that word also gives us a few other English words. Like the word salvage. Salve, salvage. To take something that is discarded and to bring it back into use. In fact, that word salve is the same word from which we get the word salvation. That when we are saved, we are not just saved from something, but Jesus is healing us, is making us whole. And so when this woman goes and touches Jesus, she is not merely healed of her blood disorder or whatever in this bleeding is going on. She is made whole. She is given peace. He doesn't just bless her with the healing, but he gives her wholeness. Literally, now she can be part of the community. Now she can go to the temple again. And where did it start? It started with her faith. It started with her putting Jesus in the proper place, which was as the Messiah. Her belief that he was the Messiah made her life whole, complete, right. The healing was just a small part of what was going on for this woman. Scene three. Just as Jesus, as talking to this woman, finding out what happens, some people from Jairus' house come forward and say, you know what, you're too late. Your daughter is dead. Why bother Jesus anymore? Maybe if Jesus hadn't stopped to be with this woman... Maybe if Jesus hadn't taken his time with this crowd, he might have gotten there in time. But you know what? Jesus is too late. The girl has already been pronounced dead. But Jesus says to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. But how do you believe when your daughter is dead? How do you believe when the diagnosis is so clear and so strong? How do you believe? How do you not fear in that moment? Jesus gets there, sees the commotion, says, this child is not dead, she's just sleeping. No, she was dead. They knew what dead was. They knew how to diagnose dead, and she was dead. But Jesus was not limited by the diagnosis. 
They laughed at him, and so he thins out the crowd, gets rid of a bunch of people, just the family. Jesus isn't doing this so that he will get praise and honor from the crowd and get popular. He's doing it because he cares about this family. And so he takes this girl's hand. Again, if she's dead, Jesus is not supposed to touch her. This would be very unclean. Takes her by the hand, says to her, and we even get it in the original language, little girl, I say to you, arise. And this 12-year-old girl pops up and starts walking. The text says that they were immediately overcome with amazement, which again is one of those nice ways that the Bible has about saying they were a little freaked out by this, I think. But there she is, walking around. He tells them not to talk about this and asks them to give her something to eat. I guess being dead makes you hungry. To Jesus to have that level of care for this little girl was pretty amazing. See, we learn in these stories that Jesus heals in different ways. He heals in different ways. He heals at different times in people's illnesses. And what are we to say to Jesus who can heal but sometimes chooses not to. I wonder if maybe Jesus always heals. He just doesn't always heal the way we want him to. Sometimes Jesus heals the cancer, but maybe sometimes just Jesus heals the fear of the cancer, at least enough to get us through tomorrow. Because when we ask to be healed, we may only be thinking about a particular illness, but Jesus is thinking about our wholeness. Not just being healed, but being saved, being made whole. This shows the importance of faith. The role of faith for this unnamed, unclean woman. The challenge of faith for this named and upright ruler of the temple. That when we have faith and put Jesus in his proper place, we are on the road to being made whole. Not that we then force Jesus to heal us, that we earn his salvation or his healing. But rather we understand that it is Christ's very nature and character to heal us and to bring us wholeness. Just as he speaks to this little child, just as he cares for this woman, just as he makes sure that that little girl is fed when she is made well. Jesus cares for Jairus and his family. Not for the fame. He cares for us too. So as hard as it may be, no matter what you are going through, I would challenge you, as Jesus does, to not fear, but only believe. Maybe Jesus is going to heal you. But maybe the healing is not going to be what you want or what you expect. But what we believe is that Jesus is saving you. He is salvaging you. He is making you whole even in your moments of fear and panic and pain. And may we as Christians look for opportunities to help heal others through our witness, through our prayer, and through our care. Let us pray. Oh Lord, heal us. Speak to us. Move in us. Let us put you in your proper place. We pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen.